Whoa. Would you look at the stars in the heaven? How bright they are on a clear night like tonight. As a shepherd, I have an opportunity to look at the stars often and think about the God of the universe who created them and wonder if he cares about me, a lowly shepherd, if he could even know me. One of my favorite psalms was written by the shepherd David. And he said, Lord, when I consider the heavens, the stars and the moon, all that thou didst create, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou shouldst come to him? Why would God, who knows everything, who created everything, even care about somebody like me? I have an opportunity to think about that often, but you look like you're from the city. You probably don't know a lot about shepherds. I'm going to come down from the hillside. First of all, you don't need to be afraid. I have my staff here, and I can protect the sheep. If, if they get lost, I can pull them. If an, a wild animal comes, I can fend it off. So you don't need to be afraid of animals. And goodness, you don't need to be afraid of me as a shepherd. All those rumors you've heard about shepherds aren't true. Well, some of them are, but <laughs> not all of them. We aren't as bad as people make us out to be. Come and let's sit by the fire and, and warm yourself a little bit. I have a story I'd like to tell you this morning. First of all, though, I probably need to tell you about sheep. Sheep aren't very bright. I'll just say it like that. Sheep always are getting into trouble. I have seen sheep actually lead each other off a cliff to their death. I have seen sheep eat themselves to death if they stay in one place too long. So you've got to be careful about them. You've got to mind them and watch them and protect them. You know, sheep just need a shepherd. I don't own my sheep. They're owned by a wealthy man in town, but he has hired me to look after them. And so we go where the sheep go and move in and out and and just watch after them and take care of them. Sheep need a shepherd. I have a friend over there who's kind of spiritual, and he said that, that we are like that. That in a lot of ways we are like sheep. We get into trouble. We make mistakes. We, we do all kinds of things we shouldn't do. And we need a shepherd to look after us, to take care of us, to provide for us and protect us. And he said that God can do that if we would let him. I know I would need somebody like that because as a shepherd, I don't have a lot of friends, just to be honest with you. We move from town to town, sort of like gypsies. And sometimes we take things that don't belong to us. And so we've, we've earned a bad reputation. And people look down at us. I don't know if you've noticed, but these sheep have an odor. And after a while, we pick that, that odor up and we begin to smell too. But you know what the worst part of being a shepherd is? Is that my fellow Jews look at me and tell me that I am religiously unclean. That I am not fit to worship God. And I can't help it. I can't observe the Sabbath out here on the hillside. You can't tell one day from another. And I can't always be around water to wash my hands appropriately and to eat the right kind of food. I can't do all those things that Jews are expected to do. And so we just do the best we can. 
knowing that we don't fit in with the establishment of the Jews. And so we spend most of our time out here on the hillside, moving sheep from water to grass to whatever they can find to eat. And honestly, we have a lot of time to sit down at night and, and look up at the stars. When we've gotten the sheep down and, and they're bedded down and everybody's safe, we sit around, we tell stories, we have something to eat, maybe pass the wineskins around a little bit. And before long, someone takes out a, a flute or a, a harp or a lyre, begin playing, and, and we begin sharing stories and wondering what it's like. We spend a lot of time looking up at the heavens and wondering what it's like. Who created those stars? And how could they possibly know somebody as small and insignificant as I? The prophet Isaiah said that there is a God who has numbered all the stars and knows each one by name. If he knows all the stars by name, then is it possible that he could know me too? I don't know. I sure would like it if that were possible. That's the case. But most of the time, the Jews just look down on us and Someone as insignificant, unimportant as I, I just, I feel so inferior to everybody else. One day, let me tell you a story that happened to me. One day, I took some sheep into the temple. That's why we raise sheep, is for sacrifice. And one day, I took my sheep into the temple, and, and the priest came and met me at the gate, would not even let me in the temple. He looked at the sheep, he counted them, he inspected them for blemishes, for imperfections, to make sure they were acceptable for sacrifice. He handed me a pouch of food, or a pouch of money, and, and said, uh, you know, just turned and walked away, didn't say anything, honestly. And I looked at him and said, please, may, may I just come in the temple and look around with the sheep for a little bit just to see what, what it might be like? <laughs> and he didn't even answer me. He just turned up his nose and sneered and turned and walked inside. I never felt so unimportant in all my life, so insignificant. And so we turned to the hillside. That's where my lot is, with my friends, telling stories, wondering about the stars, thinking that there may be a God who loved me, who knew me. I'll tell you why I think that. Because there was one night in particular, something special happened. And this is where words fail me. Honestly, I cannot describe in words what I saw and experienced that night. Everyone else had gone to bed, the sheep were bedded down, and it was late in the second watch, almost toward midnight. And uh, I, was, I was resting against a rock. I didn't want to fall asleep because the animals we're kind of restless that night, and, and wild animals might have been at bay. Once again, I had my staff. I, I even had my sling. I was ready to use it if I needed to. I can, I can wind this thing, and I can hit a fly at 50 paces if I have to. So I wasn't afraid, but I was awake, and I was alert. I was going to pay attention, and suddenly, I can't explain what happened. While, while sitting there, I was stirred, and, and the skies began to open up, 
and the wind began to blow, and it was like a storm was coming up, and, and I thought maybe I should start waking up my friends, and we need to move the sheep to shelter because something enormous was getting ready to take place. And as the sheep were, they were spooked by it, and they began to stir, and, and the other shepherds were waking up and rubbing their eyes, and, and while we were standing there, suddenly the shaft of light fell from the heavens, and it it fell on a patch right in front of me. And this bright light, I couldn't even see. It was so bright in my eyes. It was brighter than the sun. And this man, brighter, more beautiful than anything I had ever seen before, was standing there in front of me, and I thought I was going to die. My legs buckled underneath me, and I went down and began to weep. And he said, Fear not. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. All people, even, even me, a shepherd. He said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David. I knew the city of David was, was Bethlehem. David was a shepherd. That was David's home. In the city of David, there's been a Savior born, a Messiah who is Christ, the Lord. Now, I knew who the Messiah was. I still was Jewish, and I knew we had been waiting for a Messiah for, for centuries, hoping that someone would come and rescue the Jewish people and protect us and, and take care of us always. And just as suddenly as the man appeared, there was a, a chorus in heaven of angels too many to count. And they began to sing glory, glory, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And just as suddenly as they had appeared, they vanished. The wind was still blowing and the night was still unsteady. We didn't know what to do. We knew we had to go to Bethlehem and see this thing that the angels had made known to us. We had to leave some folks behind with the sheep. But most of us took a few sheep with us and we made the two-mile trek downhill into Bethlehem. I was so surprised when I got to Bethlehem. I was, I was astonished. I expected all of Bethlehem to have its lights on, for everybody to be up, for people to be singing and, and praising God and celebrating because everybody would have known that God had sent His Messiah to be born right there in that small town. I cannot tell you how surprised I was. No one was awake. There were no lights. There was no one else there. The, the, the town was crowded because there was a, a tax being taken, a census being undertaken by some Augustus. We didn't really pay much attention to it. We lived out in the hills. We didn't have any homes. We didn't have any money. They didn't care about us. But I understand that everybody had been asked to go back to their hometown and there be counted in order to pay taxes. And so I expected the crowd to be there, to be celebrating the birth of the Messiah. Nobody was there. People were sleeping in the streets. People were sleeping in the gutters. People were sleeping in the alleys. I, poked some, I prodded some folks and said, wake up. The Messiah has been born. Where is he? <laughs> and they looked at us shepherds and thought, you crazy fools. You've been drinking too much wineskins, haven't you? We couldn't make anybody believe us. Anybody listened, but we wouldn't give up. And we kept looking and, and kept hunting. And, 
And sure enough, just as the angels had foretold, had, had predicted, they said, you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And I knew a manger was a feed trough, and so we began not looking in houses or homes or, or inns. We began looking in stables, and sure enough, at a stable at the edge of town, there was a young man and a woman standing behind a manger. And there in that manger was the most beautiful baby boy I had ever seen. I don't know a lot about babies, to be honest. But this baby was beautiful. He looked perfect. And even though he was a baby, I could tell there was something special about him. I couldn't put my finger on it. But for the second time that evening, we fell down on our knees. Because around that manger, I felt closer to God than anywhere on earth. Even up on the hillside, looking up at the stars. I knew somehow in this baby, God had come near to me, to us. Why was no one else there? Why, if this really were the Messiah, Christ the Lord, why wasn't there a crowd there worshiping and praising and singing glory to God? Hallelujah. But the parents seemed to know what we were talking about when we explained why we were there and what we had seen on the hillside. They weren't surprised. And we told them all that the angels had, had made known to us. The father, he told us his name was Joseph, and he had named his son Jesus, which means God saves. Yes, that fits. That's what the Messiah is going to do. He's going to save us. He's the Christ. And Mary, the mother behind the child, didn't seem surprised either. She heard everything we said, everything that had happened, all about the angels, all about the heavenly chorus. And she just took them and pondered them in her heart. Well, we knew they were tired, and we didn't want to stay too long. We had to get back to the sheep. And so we bade our farewells. This, this child, wrapped up in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, we knew something special was about to happen. And so on the way back to the hillside, we told everybody what we had seen and heard. Everybody who would pay attention, they, they, didn't, they didn't listen to us. They didn't care. They didn't believe us. But we just kept talking. We kept singing. We kept praising. And all the way back to the hillside, we were talking among ourselves what wondrous thing had occurred. And what was so remarkable, the, the most amazing thing at all, was that of all the people in the whole world that should have been there, the priests, the Levites, the scribes, all of the religious people, of all the ones that should have been there, none of whom was there, it was we lowly shepherds who came to worship the child because it was only we shepherds who were given the message from the angel and the heavenly chorus. I've got to wonder why. Why? Of all people, why shepherds? 
Was it because we spent so much time out on the hillside looking up in the heavens wondering if there was a God and if there was, if He cared? Was it because we were available and listened and we were willing to believe and follow and do what the angel had told us to do and discover what he told us we would discover? I think the main reason God chose us shepherds is because of all people on the face of the earth, we were the lowest. We were the most worthless. We were despised by everyone else. And so God picked us and said, I'm going to come to you and treat you special because you will listen and you'll believe. And because I have chosen you shepherds, I'm going to give evidence that everybody is going to be welcome at the manger. Everybody is going to be included. It's not just for the high and mighty, it's for the down and out too. It's for anybody and everybody who will listen and believe and follow. Well, all that happened a few years ago. And we're still shepherds. And we're still poor. <laughs> and we still smell bad. But I know now that God does care. And even though he knows all the stars and has them all named, he knows me too. Because I was a shepherd. And he came to me and revealed himself to me and sent me to worship the Messiah. And now it's up to me to tell everybody that I have seen, everybody with whom I come into contact, everybody who will listen and follow and believe, God has come near. He has been born in a baby in a manger. The Messiah has come. And it is our privilege to bow down and worship Him today, tomorrow, and always. God is a God who loves the down and out and the poor and the lonely and the despised just as much as he loves everyone else. And sometimes, just sometimes, he chooses to use us to tell others so that everyone will know that our strength is in God, our power is in God, our faith is in God. In Him alone. And it's our job to go and tell. He knows me by name. And He knows you by name too. And there's no one here this morning that's too important or too unimportant to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and believe it and trust it and follow him from now on. Will you pray with me?
God, I thank you that 2,000 years ago you came to earth in a way that no one expected and that few believed and responded to. And of those who did, it was not the ones you expected. It was not the priests and the scribes. It was not those who were worshiping in the temple that day. But it was those who had been excluded from the temple that you opened up your arms wide and said, fear not. I'm bringing you the good news. I'm bringing you the gospel. For unto all of us, even to us, is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Just as the angel foretold, God, you brought it to pass. And you gave that message to shepherds. Even though no one would listen to them or believe them, you gave it to them. Because instead of starting from the top down, you chose to start from the bottom up. And so there's no one here this morning outside the realm of your love and grace and mercy. There's no one here too good or too bad to receive your forgiveness. There's no one here that has not been given the charge to go and tell until all the world may know and hear and believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Lord, your only begotten Son, in whose name we pray. Amen.